From Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took the plunge to start their own business. We take a look at how they came to that decision and what those first crucial steps were in getting their business up and running. My name's Kieran. I'll be your host for this episode. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. We wanted to give loads of people, friends, family, acquaintances, all a free trial to sort of test out the products. Um, yeah. leave like feedback and stuff and from that a lot of people put it on their stories so sort of sharing it out uh tagging alive um, and from that we got quite a few sales which we weren't expecting at all today i'm delighted to be joined by sam price founder and ceo of alive alive is a fully personalized vitamin subscription tailored to your lifestyle and dietary factors Receiving nothing more, nothing less, just exactly what your body needs. Alive also provides home blood kit tests to track and monitor how you are under the hood. Uh, you're very, very welcome, Sam. How are you doing today? I'm good today. How are you doing, Kieran? Thank you for having me here. Great. Um, well, Sam, can I start from the very beginning? Can you let me know what you were doing before setting up Alive and kind of why you stopped that and decided to take the plunge, so to speak, and set up your business? Yeah, so I mean, alive. I really sort of start concepting back in September 2019, um, and before then, I just recently come back from traveling. So I finished university in 2018, went traveling for a bit, and then worked for two different companies, Dot Digital and Canon. Uh, so I worked for Canon for a few months as a temp contract, and then I sort of left in that eerie world of contract was over and looking for a job again. And whilst at university, I was always sort of dabbling with different business ideas and always sort of thought that whatever, I wouldn't go searching for the business idea, it would sort of come to me. Um, and after mm-hmm. traveling, I sort of my own health issues, I experienced sort of problems that I was just sort of having with energy issues, sleeping correctly, sort of focusing. So I went to the doctors, as you do, and as I went to the doctors, they sort of came to the evaluation that I sort of had ADD, and I always sort of had them symptoms of it and stuff. I was like, right, okay, just a bit weird. I sort of symptoms all sort of came on set. And so they gave me some medication. It didn't really agree with me. And me being me, I didn't really just sort of settle there. I was like, right, okay, what do I do now? So as you do, you go to Google and do some searching and found the amazing world of nutrition. And I was originally already sort of taking a multivitamin and I sort of did some deeper searching and looked into the benefits of botanicals like ashwagandha, different herbs, mm-hmm. L-theanine, all those sort of things. And as obviously as I bought some and started testing them out, it really sort of, the benefits from one really quite amazing and overwhelming. And I was like, why is there nowhere in the first place that I could have just gone to and just gone, look, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I want to work on. Can you tell me what I need and what's better provide it for me? And so there was one or two people in the field at the time um, and they were obviously all different. And I was like, well, it's really just about something that's simplistic in one bottle. Um, hmm. And so, yeah, from about September 2019 to about August 2020, when we launched, uh, it was just concepting, designing, uh, experimenting, getting together the right people. I mean, obviously, as much as I like to think I know about nutrition, I'm a nutritionist. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to find the nutritionist side and then the tech side, because obviously that's the other part of it. Is finding the right tech team to obviously be able to work together and in essence get them in contact and then build what in essence is a very simplistic system mm. but putting that in place and so yeah it was it was it just sort of the right right time right place and i was like you know what go for it i put every penny i had uh, behind this so I, was, I was confident from the get-go 
Um, oh, and that's what we are now. Talk to me kind of about the kind of sourcing element, because as you say, you're not a nutritionist uh, running a multivitamin brand. How do you go about kind of finding the materials, kind of uh, deciding kind of how to package things up and, and like talk me through that process? Yeah. So, I mean, in essence, one of our USPs is why we're able to keep costs lower is all our formula variations are pre-made with our manufacturer to save obviously needing the necessities for a white room and obviously the staff to have mm. to manually pack mm. each pill. So we have each formula variation, which could be an outcome pre-made with our manufacturer. Um, and so obviously in the manufacturing process with the quality controls done, the weighing, the dosing, the formulating, that's all done beforehand. So we then receive the boxes all sealed and ready to go. So it's a matter of pretty much matching up when the when the, the order comes through, our system then tells us what formula it's matching it with and putting the label on that bottle and sending it off to customers. And yes, I mean, obviously the the experts we had were so sort of industry-leading nutritionists and doctors from Harley Street who basically formulated what each one is going to individually do because obviously you'll have ingredients that'll be more energy-focused and sort of uh, put on mental sort of cognition-focused, whereas other yeah. ones would be for like immunity. So yeah, it's completely different formulas, completely different ingredients and all of them. But yeah, so it, the, the legwork's already done beforehand, which is allows us to keep a, a cheaper unit cost provided to our customers, yeah. um, which in turn makes a more affordable, sustainable routine. Nice. So like really focusing on the supply chain in terms of the bits you can impact and then slotting in the kind of expertise where, where necessary. Sorry. The other aspect you kind of touched on and I'm going on your website is it's, it's very easy to use. The UX is really easy to kind of go through in terms of building my own requirements. And from a customer experience point of view, it's quite useful. You've got intercom wrap around it. Should I want to have a kind of a chat? Had you experience in building out uh, websites before or designing a kind of customer journeys, or was that something you had no experience about? And how did you go about kind of getting to where you are with the platform that you have? Yeah, so I mean, same as the nutrition part, as much as I like to think I'm a UX and graphic designer, I, I have no expertise or experience in them exactly. So that was obviously finding the right people to work alongside us. But I was very much set on the design of what we wanted, how we want the flow to work. Uh, a lot of a lot of competitor reviews, a lot of successful D2C brand reviews, how the customer journey starts from end to finish, reviewing the first touch point in the ads to then going through to the final email flows um, and was being very finickety. I knew exactly what we wanted, how we wanted the brand to sound, how easy and simplistic we wanted. And so, yeah, that was finding the right yeah, UX designers to help us on board and really bring alive to life. Were, were there a couple of key personnel involved in that first year in terms of people you brought in to get to alive where it is that you look back on you're like really was worthwhile bringing that kind of skill set in yeah i mean at first i, I can't lie we uh, we did look at the fiverr route finding yeah. freelancers on there so obviously it's a lot more affordable and cost effective and after a couple of months of going live with that we were like right no we, we need someone proper um yeah. so we found some decent ux designers and basically just sort of got on board. So no one was actually in-house, a lot of it was outsourced through agencies or individuals. But yeah, so we've only really sort of past six or seven months actually had sort of people in-house working for us. How, how was that experience, I suppose, hiring that first person in-house? Was that a, a daunting experience? And kind of who, who was it that you, you got the first role uh, into the company? Yeah, it was definitely a first. I mean, I'm normally the one used to being on the other side of that interview room. So I was, I was obviously, getting used to her being on the other side of the table. But no, it, I mean, surprisingly, it was it was really quite effective. I mean, obviously, through the pandemic, it was all online. Um, so no face-to-face -face at all. 
it was Zoom, uh, some screening questions, obviously some CV scanning. But yeah, I mean, some of our, new, our employees, like the nutritionists, still haven't met face-to-face yet, obviously through the pandemic. So it is a very bizarre situation to be in, to not have actually met your employees face-to-face. But yeah, it was it was actually surprisingly a lot easier than I thought it'd be. I mean, big thing we hire on is personality. So that was something from off the bat, we made sure we worked along. So we knew someone who's working for the company was someone we could work along, like obviously have working together on a regular basis. And what does an alive personality look like? Oh, well, good question. <laughs> someone who, I mean, in essence, the, the skill part is, I mean, for nutritionists, you need that. But it's very much, we yeah. believe you can train, you can train skills. You can't train personality. So the personality, I guess, would be someone who's considerate, thoughtful, driven, self-motivated. Um, but someone who also is, wants to be a part of something, who's part of, like, wants to join a journey and enjoys working in a team, being part of a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we haven't got it written down, but that's probably as close as it would get to the uh, a life persona. There you go. We just on your values. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write that one down. Uh, yeah. Talk me through. You got the you get it up, you get it live. Uh, the very first sale. Who was it from in terms of a non-friend and family sale? How did it feel? And and, and kind of wh- where did it come from? Oh yeah, that's a really good question as well, actually. Um, so the first sale was, I mean, one of our marketing methods we had when we first started, we wanted to give loads of people, friends, family, acquaintances, all a free trial to sort of test out the products, um, yeah. leave like feedback and stuff. And from that, a lot of people put it on their stories. So sort of sharing it out, uh, tagging alive. Um, and from that, we got quite a few sales, which we weren't expecting at all. We, we just sort of organically, uh, which is a nice. really nice feeling seeing that, that first Shopify thing do- ding up on my phone. And I was like, I could, I could get used to this. It's a very uh, do- how, dopamine. How, how, addi- how addicted are you to your Shopify account? At first, it was bad. Now I've, I've learned to turn off notifications. So, it, it, yeah, at first, it was a very much a dopamine rush thing. You're sitting there, you go, oh, what's the next <laughs> one coming? But, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a very nice feeling, to be fair. It just, it's that sort of after months of concepting, idealizing, getting research, feedback. It's the first bit of, okay, this concept's got traction. It's... It's proving that method to your madness. Because uh, mm. in, re- in reality, until you get that first sale, it's all just hearsay. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, how did you kind of go on from that? Like, is you, you talked about, obviously, friends and family campaign, organic through Instagram stories. Did you start to experiment then for the first couple of months over, like, different strategies, paid media, content? Like, what, what kind of stuff did you get up to? Yeah, well, I think when we first started, it in my head, because obviously it's my first real business I run, I thought the there was a bit of uh, not arrogance per se, but naivety of thinking you could just set up the business, get some ads running, and that was that sorted. Um, yeah. You don't realize how complex Facebook ads are, Google ads are, how to make decent content, decent copy, yeah. and then you realize right every day you're improving, you're looking at it, reviewing it, and changing it. Um, and that organic has definitely been our best method so far because people obviously with vitamins, it's you're putting something in your body. It's something that's going to affect on your wellness, whether it's your mind or body, like obviously mind physique and stuff. Um, so people want to trust what they're putting in their body. And obviously word of mouth and influence is obviously a very strong credibility when making references. Um, so they definitely have a, a strong, a strong part. And obviously along with our trust pilot reviews going up i mean we've we've had a lot more obviously our cro has gone up because obviously people go when they go to your website to start and they see you on trustpilot and you've got two reviews yeah. and they go hmm, <laughs> let me let me leave this one out but yes yeah, so i think it when we first started it was very much trying to get obviously micro influencers obviously you want to support a small business yeah. who like wellness and haven't tried personalized nutrition before and yeah i mean we left the ppc actually for a while because of obviously the maintenance it needs 
mm-hmm. um, which we're actually restarting and now we've actually just had some investment behind us um, so nice. that'll be interesting to see when we uh, start pushing those numbers out how they go back I knew you kind of mentioned the reviews sort of thing like how do you find getting the reviews coming in do, do you take them all personally have you got to a stage where you're like kind of a little bit more numb to them or are you kind of just analyzing every single one and looking at yeah yeah I think we we definitely look at each one that comes up um I definitely look at them personally it's at first it was you look at everyone in very fine detail and then you realize it is just not it's end of the day it's your business it's not you personally so you have to detach yeah. yourself um yeah. but it's, it's quite it's, we're quite glad to say that out of the 70 something reviews we've had we've only had one 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 star um yeah and the only comment on that was didn't smell nice so we were like fair enough i mean you're buying more natural smelling <laughs> vitamins so we'll, yeah. we'll take that one one star yeah I, I, you're always going to have have those so it's it's, it's a, a case of just focusing on the uh, 76 others probably yeah exactly uh and as a kind of like a b2c product like what are some of the biggest challenges you've had in terms of getting the product out to consumers hands like is it has it been tough because up until this point maybe the investments landed uh you're kind of limited in terms of your your outreach capacity well, like what kind of challenges have you faced there's definitely another part i think is in nowadays to be a successful d2z brand i think unless you are the new i don't know i guess gym shop or something something's very new and not been done before as in completely state of the art it is very hard to organically really grow uh bootstrap yeah. to some extent um especially in the nutrition industry which is whilst the personalized vitamin industry is quite niche the vitamin mm. industry is massive so it's hard to make a noise for yourself without a sort of ad budget and marketing budget behind you um which is why we're obviously glad we've obviously now got this ability to do so but yeah it's it's, it's a very noisy industry especially through facebook ads instagram ads where every time you scroll through you've got every other post is a new energy drink or a new pre-workout or something it becomes sort of white noise to people um, so yeah. it's about breaking through the mold and making people really see what your brand's about being more than just a product having sort of some really strong core values behind you and really sort of good design ux copy and everything there's so much to it it's not just yeah. post and go make money it's so many different aspects you've always got to constantly changing and shopping and mm. especially so social media as well it's social media is such a crucial aspect to show that you've got a tone of and a good tone of voice people can relate to um yeah. the day people buy into a product but people people buy into a brand more You've kind of touched on so many different aspects to a business there in terms of kind of the marketing tone and voice side of things. I'd imagine from where you are now to where you are maybe 18 months ago, you were wearing a humongous amount of hats. How have your, how is your kind of role? I'm sure you're doing cracking loads still, but how have you kind of changed between now and say 18 months ago in terms of the types of roles that you're doing and the types of roles you're bringing people in to do? Yeah, I mean, the hat rack's definitely still pretty full. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the hats have, there is a few that have t- been taken off. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've got people helping you with marketing now. We've got a CTO on board. So, in essence, whilst I'm still in communication with them, reviewing every sort of big decision, I've been able to sort of dedicate myself elsewhere. So, we've got the fulfillment team in now, so where it was just me starting, uh, doing all the orders myself and having to juggle between meetings customer review obviously like replying back to customers fulfillment marketing ads everything it was really like 12 hour days in the office just weren't enough yeah and um, so now having everyone else it's been a massive i completely say i can actually feel just like a lighter weight off my shoulder yeah nice. yeah exactly yeah. i feel like 10 lighter maybe it's the vitamins yeah yeah it's one or the other um <laughs> 
but no, having team I, members has definitely been a saviour. I mean, as as I think it was, oh, oh I'm not going to say it now. No, it's the the founder of Vogue. She says, no matter how strong individual you are, you are nothing without your team. Um, and as I'm pouring team members on, it's it's I can't relate more. It's just definitely been, yeah, very very helpful. Yeah, that's your one Anna Wintour with the sunglasses, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Anna Wintour. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of you, you touched on the kind of funding aspect. Obviously, uh, very uh, bravely, as you said, put on a lot of your own cash up front or every penny uh, that you had, as you said. At what point did you say, okay, I'm, I'm onto something here, it's grown, but could really do with a bit of extra cash to take this to the next level? Kind of what, what point in time were you starting to identify that? It was actually, funnily enough, uh, the, the other way around. So we, we, I didn't actually initially have the intention of funding from off the bat. Uh, we obviously looked at bootstrapping from the go um, yeah. and then Crowdcube, so the platform we used, yeah. um, they reached out to me. Uh, so we launched in August and they reached out in about September, October. Yeah. And they were like, hey, Sam, uh, really love the brand, the concept, everything about it. Have you thought about crowdfunding? Yeah. Uh, and at first I thought, you know what? Don't really sort of like, don't really think we need to dial it between now or need the stress that comes with it. Um, yeah. So I was like, thanks for the offer. Uh, no, you'll be back in sometime soon. And they're like, yeah. no problem. Next month again, Sam been following your social media, really love the posting. <laughs> It'd be really great on our platform. So I was like, yeah. okay, um, let's look into this. And obviously did some digging around and realized our competitors have all done funding. And it's like, in essence, is to really compete with our competitors if they've yeah. got several hundred thousand behind them in marketing budget and product, brand strategy, everything. It yeah. is hard to organically compete with that. Um, yeah. So we looked into it. Uh, and they obviously sell you the dream of going, yeah, basically post your thing up and it's money yeah. in your pocket. And so you yeah. go, okay. And then obviously as you get into it, they're like, right, but you need to obviously find this investment yourself first. Yeah. So that was about that three months taken of my time is daily yeah. talking to investors. And we obviously managed to find about um, 150 in ourselves uh, before we went live. Um, and and uh, did you use like the SEIS scheme or EIS scheme? Yeah, it's SEIS and EIS. Nice. So we have both of those. Um, Good man. Yeah, so everyone was very keen to obviously get the first ones on the SEIS so that fifty yeah. percent off. Uh, it's a nice little gotta, number. Gotta get in early. And, exactly. Uh, and then what? Uh, I mean, Crowdcube is a brilliant platform, especially for B two C. But one of the things people may not know about crowdfunding is when you do bring, say, that one hundred fifty thousand pounds to the table, often they'll be still charged on that money from a raise perspective uh from a, a crowdfunding platform how did you did you find that aspect yeah i mean that was another part of sort of like i mean an arguing about but i guess in the essence is whatever you find they bring to you on top and mm-hmm. i guess i guess in essence if you we were to only stick with so we we basically found 150 ourselves uh, and the crowd yeah. we topped up about 70 um so obviously we wouldn't have found the extra 70 if it wasn't for Crowdcube, so the month they take off, we sort of, I guess, deducted that from how much they did. Yeah. Um, but I think most people sort of, there is obviously people who seek out and find your investment and they charge a normal success fee of 5% That's anyway. Um, so we, we sort of thought, you know what, for the additional income, not income, but investment it can bring, uh, we thought it was worth it. And it's the publicity behind it as well. Um, so we did have investors going, so why are you actually going for Crowdcube? And we said, as a small business who's obviously trying to make a name for themselves, Crowdcube is a big platform, whether it's for connections, publicity, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we've definitely had a lot of, a lot of like benefits from it since yeah. um, people reaching out and like 
And how did you find the experience in terms of getting ready? Because I know one of the things that uh, the crowdfunding platforms really want to emphasize is, is putting effort into your assets, whether it's your, your pitch video, your imagery, and how you're, you're presenting to the crowd, so to speak. Uh, how did you find going through that process? Yeah, I think it, they, with the team they provide you, it, they help you quite a bit. But I think it's, it's obviously, yeah, the more you get into it, a lot more work there is to do. And as, as, as you could just do a base amount of work to really get the crowd, the, the campaign off the ground. But you don't want to just provide the standard entry level where you obviously want to provide, especially not even just for investment amount, for how you're showing your, your brand to the world. Um, you want to make sure everything's pitch perfect and, uh, excuse the term. Uh, um, yeah. And yeah, so it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a long process, but well worth it. And one of the other aspects, I'd imagine if they haven't come knocking on your door, they will. So if you're selling through, through Shopify, uh, Shopify will obviously start to notice your, your, your monthly sales might go hopefully in, in the right direction upwardly. So they might say to you, hey, we can provide you a facility for, for your, your, your monthly payments. Has, have, has, have they approached you on that? Or have you looked at those type of kind of revenue-based financing at all? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we've been speaking to other ones. Um, I don't know if you heard of Clearco. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're not sure we were speaking to um, for, it's it's basically a last minute sort of inventory or marketing boost. Um, yeah. So I'm sure you obviously know how it works, but obviously they take, they basically match, I think, your last month's revenue um, as yeah. a loan, and then you pay it back through percentage of sales. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we haven't obviously approached them yet. We're waiting for, obviously, if, if we need to, uh, it's yeah. a backup option. Yeah, I mean, and as you say, once you get your your ads up and running, you might see some good unit economics there that might make it interesting. Yeah, um, exactly. Sam, it sounds like you got like awesome stuff going on, all going in in, in a good direction. So, kind of, how how do you kind of perceive the next kind of twelve months going for Alive? Next twelve months for us is looking basically we're we're doing a, a strategic rechange currently in the maps now. Um, so we have sort of, whilst we had an MVP, which we sort of showcased to the world, which was done on a, a sort of a small initial budget based off my own preference and experience and a little bit of obviously subcontractor work here and there, we are stripping back our whole strategy, same concept and everything, but the, the delivery method of how customers will now receive their product at monthly top ups, um, as well as everything else is going to be completely changed, uh, for more sustainable environmental view, uh, for a more. Um, cost-effective view for them um, and a really quality piece of packaging. So we, we won't publicly announce what's happening just yet, uh, but it's, it's looking pretty good. And then from there on, once all those things are in place and ready to go, it will just be scaling as, as basically as hard as fast as possible. Uh, getting our name out there to the world, showing people to how the benefits of personalized nutrition, if they're not on personalized nutrition, as in like if they're already taking vitamins and then obviously educating those who don't currently have a nutritional regime and showing in the benefits of nutrition and personalized nutrition. Um, so, I mean, there's 17.8 daily daily vitamin users in the UK alone. Um, so there's a, there's quite a big market to tap into. Just just the right educational program and there's right sort of benefits of why, not even just sort of why personalized nutrition is better, but how you can save money too. Um, so if you were to purchase each ingredient from our capsules now, which obviously have very generous dosages, uh, you save between 50% to 70% of what you spend now. Uh, if you're obviously purchasing each one individually from a health food store. So yeah, that's it'll basically be the next 12 months will be a lot of customer acquisition and really building the Alive tech side up, uh, providing more yeah. through our back end, sort of more free wellness abilities through 
free content and sort of live streams nutritionists and stuff like that so um uh, well sam thanks so much for coming on and sharing uh the first kind of two years or so uh pretty excited to see how you get on definitely have an awesome attitude and a real openness to kind of adapt and, and change as you get more investment more customers so no doubt you're going to smash it uh and look forward to trying a bit of live myself so thanks again yeah. for, for, for coming on much appreciate mate cheers no no worries at all kieran thank you so much for your time it's been a great chatting